Hello, this is Improvised Radio Theatre with Dice, and my name is Michael Kuehl. I'm Roger Bell West. And this month we're going to be talking about wiping out all creation and creating something new, or... Mm, Have we already done that? Oh, uh, yeah, don't tell them, don't tell them. Or um, uh, preserving uh, the uh, creation exactly as it is in time travel games. And we'll also be taking a look... What is the simplest possible game? What is the most complex possible game? And have these points already been reached? And other high-sounding theoretical stuff. On to the first part. In role-playing games, we can explore any world we like, any setting we like, any time we like. We have all of human ingenuity and um, history at our disposal. And for some people, that isn't quite enough. They want all of history and uh, and human ingenuity at their disposal in one campaign. Which brings up the topic of time travel games, of which there have been not a few, which Roger's going to talk to us about. Yeah, it's never seems to have been one of the big genres. I mean, fantasy was always the biggest. Yeah. But, you know, there, there have been quite a lot of science fiction games and there have been a fair few pirate games and things like that. Yeah. Not that much in time travel that's ever been terribly successful. And I, I think one has to split them into two sorts. Go on. And th this applies in fiction as well. Is time travel a thing that gets you to where the adventure is going to happen? Yeah. So you go there, you do perfectly normal linear time type things and then you come back again. Yeah. Or is it something you can mess about with? Hmm. And by mess about with, you mean doing the the tricky stuff, the tricky logical stuff. Yeah, li li little backward hops, little forward hops. Yeah. Playing around with causation and and destiny and things Deciding like that. Deciding it would be really handy if somebody had left a submachine gun taped, un taped under this desk that I'm sitting at and about to be ambushed at. Ah, the old Bill and Ted routine. Yeah. Though I think some, many of the same things we said about uh, cross-world games also apply. You know, do you go for, do you go for a short-term mission? You, you go and you do the thing you're out again, mm. or do you embed yourself in the culture and, and learn a bit more about it? Well, the cross-time thing is is always been well. well Rereading, um, especially some of the earlier time travel games, uh, the cross-time thing has been been sometimes enveloped in that by uh, by a, because people want to say. Hey, what do you mean I can't go back to the days of Robin Hood? Robin Hood wasn't a real person. <laughs> Let's put that in anyway. I'm Sherlock Holmes. The first, what I think probably the first time travel game, certainly the first I've found, yeah. um, is one I haven't been able to lay hands on, uh, Time Shift by Yoquinto. It was the, the last RPG that Yoquinto published using basically their house system. Yeah. Um, they also did Man, yeah. Myth and Magic and so on. Yeah. Um... All I know about it is that it was a 48-page rule book to include everything that you could possibly do throughout history, <laughs> including three scenarios. God, that's uh, ambition. Murder at the end of time, destruction of Gomorrah, and assassinate the Führer. Yeah. So, okay. Um, the first one that I met, and have played a little bit, was Time Master. Yeah. Uh, which just came out from Pace Setter. It's, the, it's again, same basic system. I'm seeing a trend here as, as Chill and Star Ace, their horror and science yeah. fiction games. They have the time core for you to work for. Yep. Um, in the far future, in the 71 something or other. Based in the far future, but it is clearly assumed that a lot of player characters will be either contemporary humans or historical 
people or indeed slightly future people. Yeah. People from closer to the period they're going to be working in. Yeah, this is a shtick that comes in from um, Paul Anderson's Time Patrol stories. Yeah. Um, that you are recruiting from throughout history. In that setting, the the bosses are hyper-evolved humans from the, from the end of time who are weird and, and cold-blooded and, uh, and incomprehensible. But you, you've got people from all over the time, time stream fighting to keep it... To, keep it normal and stable. Now, the, this Time Master, I think, put, put a lot of emphasis on side talents, mm. which is not a thing I normally especially associate with time travel, but, you know, fair enough. It's very convenient. Um, yeah, particularly the, what they call the paranormal memory. Yeah, talent. which would be called... Hang on, look, there, there's a GURPS equivalent. Um, it's, it basically... There, when, there is when, being, a, being an inner walker in Feng Shui, which is the equivalent. You when, when, when the timeline has been changed under you, you remember the way it used to be as well. But given given that they have other, other side talents as well, the, the bad guys are the Demorians, who are shape-shifting aliens, and it's not entirely clear what they want to do, but messing about with Earth's history is a big part of it. I, I was struck re- reading um, Time Master how much it parallels the latest stuff that comes up in GURPS, Infinite Worlds, and GURPS Time Travel before that. But but Gertz does it better because uh, because it is what twenty years more, more mature. It does give the villain Centrum and uh, Stopwatch are they called? Yeah, for time travel or cross world. Yeah, the so they give give the enemies in the, those games actual motivations and and clearer and more distinct features. The original Gertz time travel was only seven years later than this, but it was a significant seven years. It was a you know the, the mid to late eighties when a lot of things were changing in role playing. So. So what do you get in Time Master? Uh, you, you get alternative timelines. Um, yeah, that's sort of thrown in, isn't it? Isn't yeah, it? because that way you can have stuff. Um, well, the aforementioned Robin Hood and Sherlock Holmes, for one thing. There did seem to be, when, when I was look, looking through it again, an, an awful lot of emphasis on big battles. You know, you, you were turning yeah. up back to the obscure Battle of X. Yeah, it actually has a mass combat system. Yeah. And even more surprising, it has a quite a detailed heavy weapons uh, subsy- subsystem for you know a lot of a lot of games don't bother with you know blow the really blow the hell out of things, but um, but are happy with with what what individuals can do when they're not manning a howitzer. So yeah, I've never played Star Ace. I, I will say I I have very briefly played Chill, and it didn't seem to me to be particularly mm. emphasized on combat, but. Yeah. They do have one one rather nice trick, I thought, which is if you, if you jump into a time in which you already exist, a timeline in which you already exist, uh, your your mind flips into your old body and you're in a permanent loop until some other time traveller breaks you out. So don't do that. Yeah, uh, well, other suggestions I've I've seen for preventing that are it just doesn't work. But yeah, I will admit the time loop does give you a certain amount of. Uh, in, in character motivation for dread, but I, I think it's fair to say that what this game was basically about was was the the one shot. Um, you you go, you go to the place, yeah. you do the thing, you come back. The time tricks supplement, which came out the next year, yeah. and was not written by the game's primary author, introduced the short distance hops and actual basically actual time travel um, yeah. and and messing about with things, and. It sets a pattern which I think we'll we'll see again. In it gets a bit complicated. It gets very complicated. And I'll come back to what I think. Why I think all those complicated rules are in there there later. But go on. In the extreme version of this, you get the self-eliminating mission, 
Hmm. Which is the the mission that you did so well that the, the thing never went wrong in the first place. But suddenly you find uh, you find you can in fact spend, uh, speak twenty fifth century Venusian and can wield a laser um, blaster, even though you never had weapons. Yeah, and may, maybe so. your paranormal memory will remember what happened, or maybe um, somebody else's will. Yeah. Um, next, there's the the original Fasa Doctor Who RPG, which I don't particularly want to talk about in detail because I think that they, those deserve their own segments at some point. Possibly, yes. But I think, again, I think it's essentially time travel as this is how you get to where the plot happens with only fairly minor. Yeah, well, that's what Doctor Who was, except for a small. Well, in in the later days, they were they were more prone to say, "Okay, this is a time machine. Let's do something that's specific to time machines." Yeah. Oh, and, and some of them they did well. There's even a self-erasing uh, mission in uh, to the, uh, the journey to the core of the TARDIS one, um, yeah. which uh, in which it all turns out to have been a dream, or uh, or uh, the Doctor presses the big button and it never happened. Yeah. Well, anyway. Uh, <laughs> all right, that's a cheat. It is a cheat. Time, time Lords. Yeah. Um, which came out from BTRC, who. I think it was their first role-playing product. They they were later known for such, for such gems as uh, 3G, the gun design system. Yeah, um, that, that's something I so need. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, but this this was their first one, and in, in the original edition, um, it assumed that you would play as yourself. Yeah. You know, this is your gaming group. You have suddenly been given this time travel device. It goes it goes warm, and you you find yourself somewhere else. Yeah. Now what do you do? Usually and, and you turn to your GM and said, this isn't fun, in my experience. Well, so, some people evidently enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, there, there was a lot of stuff on how to rate you know, your strength and so on. I think the trick to, the, to, to that is to pass your, your character sheet to the person next to you and ask them to do the appraisal mm. and hope that you have good relations with the rest of your gaming group. Well, one of the Doctor Who games I gather in, in the original playtest group. This is this is the um, Virgin Books published one. Yeah. Um, they they started off with players playing themselves. Mm. One of the players had to had to leave the group, and his his character was passed on to to a new player. Yeah. He then later rejoined the group and, and had to deal with a new player playing him while he was playing somebody else. <laughs> well, let's not get too self-referential. Anyway, t- Time Lords does have parallel universes. Um, the the travel is basically not controllable at all at first, but you can learn to get the hang of it later. So you know, lost in the, time uh, the ta- uh, yeah the, the the time tunnel, the time tunnel thing. It it did feel to me in the original edition mostly like tourism. Uh, here you are, you've yeah. got to, you've got to survive this period for a bit, and then yeah, you can go on somewhere else. There there was a later edition um, where they did it in, into their corpse system, which is a bit more uh, streamlined. Uh, got got away from that, and you had you know, ma- major recurring NPCs who who could generate some um, actual time travel related plots rather than just here is a weird historical thing. Yeah, it is. Um, I should say tangentially right at this point. It is damn difficult to generate an overwhelming arch in an episodic campaign when you're going here and doing that, and going there and doing that. Binding it all together is sometimes extremely difficult. Yeah, well, it's difficult anyway, and when when the um, enemies may be doing it in a different order from you. Yeah. There was a big background to this which you could gradually discover. I I haven't played it enough 
to say how that would feel in play, but um, there, there is the destroyer who basically wiped out everything about 10,000 BC and humanity sort of recovered from that and there are advanced civilizations. There is the machine invasion. All sorts of uh, quite fun stuff. Yeah. So it's so it's not purely a historical game anymore. Though though in the later editions they also had an entirely arbitrary thing to stop you loading up on high tech toys. Because they they found that you know, if you have high tech toys, then um, the natives, natives are no longer a threat. Once you've got a sonic screwdriver, what else do you need? Mm. Uh, Gertz time travel. Yes. Okay, next. Um, and yeah. Gaps time travel as opposed to Gaps Infinite Worlds, though they both deal with the same pair of settings, was much more about the time travel games. Yeah. And there was one supplement of adventures, which I can't call that much about, to be honest. <laughs> I, um, rem- I remember the nuclear bomb. Yeah, that, the, the one that blew up Cairo in, in, uh, during, the, during the 1970s. Yeah, which actually would need to be specially designed still to work after that long buried under a pyramid, but yeah, yeah. that's life. Now, that, that again is, is a go-to-where-the-adventure-happens game. You, you've got these windows 245 arbitrary days apart. Yeah. And you can jump into there, and then it moves forward through time. So you you, you can always jump out, but you cannot arrive two okay. days before where you yeah. left. A lot of this is... Yeah, we'll get onto the games which take away the arbitrary limitations and put in... There are always arbitrary limitations in, in time travel games. The, the, well, the other one I know about is the scary one. Which is? Continuum. Yeah, that's what I was I was thinking of. I I owned a copy of this once. Um, you you tell, tell us about it first. Um, I, I had the, the um, pre-release version, mm. uh, which they were selling one, I think it was Gen Con. Uh, the basic idea is you, you have an intrinsic time travel ability. Yeah. Uh, you, you have suddenly gained this. Uh, you can jump in a single jump, one year, or one mile, or carrying ten pounds of stuff. Hmm. And where, where a lot of these games will say, yeah, you, you can do short time hops, but it's dangerous and you cause paradox and stuff, this game encourages you to do short time hops. You know, there, there are all sorts of things about, okay, I, I, I left this thing for myself, and, it, and it's hidden in this place, and I, I can give myself a warning, I can take some time out and train up in a skill and t- turn up back at the place I arrived. But all this has to be logged. Yeah. And you have to basically pay it back. Eventually you have to go and do the whatever it is that you said you would do. And it it felt to me like time travel for accountants. I have to say that was my impression. To, it wasn't free and, and, and easy. They declared in the, in the main in continuum that there is one timeline, it is inviolate, and if you try and violate it, you will um you will you will be punished by what they call fragging out of existence you, the, the universe smacks you around the back of the head basically well, then the, the universe goes crinkle crinkle i don't like that bit throw it away and throwing it away is your is your life yeah. and you are presumed to to fall into into hell or something now well, there, this there is, were there were late, um there was going to be well hang on a sec the, the, in, in the full game yeah. Um, the, the the preview version I saw only only had that short range yeah. stuff in it. I, I believe the full game had the higher spans, so you yeah. could jump ten years at a time, hundred years at a time, or whatever. And that, yeah, that was getting you less in less interacting with you know normal life and mm-hmm. more interacting with the time traveller society. Yeah, basically the way it was set up for the full campaign was that you had just been initiated for reasons that are not clearly understood by you into this. Society of time travellers, and given the short-term ability, you don't know how it works. You just know how to do it, and gradually, as you become 
more and more accepted as you do stuff, as you advance as a character, you get access to more time range and to more of the secrets. Yeah, I, I did notice that they had uh, specific requirements. Not just, you know, your character must have these skills, but you must have played this many sessions at level one before you were allowed to play as a level two character. Yeah, that it was very prescriptive. And uh, this, again, is, a, is a, a way to try and control the the madness that can descend on you if you are going to do um, time, time travel games. It's something like what happens to Ars Magica. Um, you start out with a game which says, let us play wizards as they are supposed to be played as really, really powerful and capable of levelling. Ah, and then we've got to find some way to nerf this. So let us give people the power to travel freely throughout time, and then let's find some way to nerf it. Now, the interesting thing is that there was going to be a second book. Mm. In the core book, there are villains who I think are called revisionists. Narcissists. Narcissists, that's the word. And the uh, and they they are the ones who say no. Actually, you can change history, and we're going to and we're going to do it if it weren't for you meddling kids. Narcissist was going to be the second book of the sequence, and was apparently going to uh, reveal precisely how much of what the Continuum side is telling the, its recruits that is bullshit. And this, for me, sort of mucked up the. I I would I'm, mm. I'm really uh, I'm really willing to kill to get a copy of of Narcissus just to just to read. It would be fascinating, but there are a few playtest copies out. But I cannot feel that it was a well planned way to do this. Well, I I've always rather felt that if you're going to address stuff to the GM, mm. then the GM needs to be able to rely on it as true. And yeah. Obviously, this this is not uni a universal attitude because it worked very well for White Wolf, uh, having here is a, here is stuff in a source book, but a later source book will simply contradict it, and hey, it was only in character anyway. Ugh. But actually, when I was look, looking through this, the the second span, you you've got all these fraternities who have slightly different attitudes to time travel mm. and so on. Did seem very much like okay, we we like the White Wolf way of doing things, and you can drop in some of these. I, and... I, I think actually even rare. I, there was a there was one supplement for it called. Further information, um, because in the game the equivalent of uh, that information is not available at your security clearance um, from paranoia is further information is not available here, which is what a senior time traveller says to a junior time traveller when when they mean I know the answer to your question, but I'm not allowed to te tell you because reasons. Yeah, information denial does seem to be a big part of this. Um, in quite a few of these games, if, if you realise that at some point you have died, yeah, that becomes a fixed thing which you can't get round. At, at some stage you are going to come back here and die. Yeah. Well, I, and and I, so it, it you, you get the thing where people are trying not to learn too much because they say, well, yeah, I, I, I saw my body over there, but it might just have been unconscious and I wasn't going to go over there and check. No, why? There is a shtick in, uh, in Time Time Master, which I assume was only ever applied to NPCs, whereby people would come in and say, uh, would discover from a, a note left from the future that uh, that they they were going to die, and they would say, right, well, that's me out of it. I'm going back to headquarters to have a final sybaritic 12 hours. I'm assuming that only ever happened to NPCs. I, I've, I've only played it once or twice. It didn't really come up in the games I was yeah, in. Well, anyway... All right. Are you any more examples? That's all the time travel games that I know about. Well, I um, would point out that Feng Shui, um, in a sense, yeah. is a time travel game. It 
of, of the go to this era. Go to well, that certain eras are happening via the the netherworld um, are happening simultaneously. This but, changes from time to time. I, I think they're far enough separated, though, that you, you you cannot usefully go to an earlier era, do something to change your immediate situation in the later era, and then come back. Well, the thing, the way they do it, it because the focus of, of the game is on the feng shui or feng shui or however you pronounce it, sites. Feng shui. The, feng shui, the, the geomantic sites of power, that any minor change you introduce in history is only is only going to get wash, uh, te- uh, cleaned out in the wash. You kill Superintendent Ming, who is uh, who is persecuting you, uh, the ancestor of Superintendent Ming, who is persecuting you in the 20th century. You come back and there's a Superintendent Mong, who is functionally the same person, is still giving you a hard time. But if you go back and, in consequence with that, you blow up a few temples in uh, 19th century China, then that might make a difference. Yeah. And it's not afraid to uh, make allowance for major changes happening. In fact, the whole point of, of the Cross Time War is to uh, make major changes so your t- side comes out on top. Mm. And you can suddenly find yourself washed over by uh, a major change in history and ha- perhaps have to go back and re-undo that oh right. that makes so little sense now I think about it but it's probably going to involve shooting and punching people <laughs> almost definitely yes and blowing things up blowing things up is always in genre leaving out the the Doctor Who um, which are yeah emulating a specific a specific setting the problem with time travel games is control um, is keeping th- it, well it, it's two things I think one is control, is keeping a lid on the weird stuff that can happen, which leads to very artificial rules like the no undoing death, no no backsies on death, yeah. um, like uh, the observer effect, which I have terrible problems with. Why is the observance of time travellers privileged over the observing of people who are resident in time? Why is the observing of one particular time traveller privileged over that of the other members of the group, say. Yeah, the the continuum answer would be because there is a more powerful being than you that wants it that way. Uh, Which can explain anything, but well, it's yeah, yeah. satisfying. Yeah, I'll go, God, God gives satisfaction only for certain values of satisfaction. But it's all, all trying to keep, keep things under control. The reason yeah, I, I think it's notable that most of these, and e- even later editions of Time Lords, had had a time patrol sort of organisation that you could work for. Yeah. It does seem to work much better, rather than saying, OK, here's a time machine, go have fun. You, you've got the mission structure, and OK, here is what you have to do. I think, yeah, the, the problem with free-flowing t- time travel is it requires a hell of a lot of work for the GM. Yeah. The, routi- the, the, the shtick in Feng Shui of it takes major effort, but it can be done, is there to give the GM time to think of, well, what the hell happens next? And he can, once you've blown stuff up or things have been blown up in the past, then he's got a chance to say, well, that will happen next week, assuming you properly timed it so the big blowing up comes at the end of the session. <laughs> well, there, that's basic GMing 101, I think. But trying to... But a p- purely free-flowing thing would be something like um, David Gerald's The Man Who Folded Himself, mm. uh, in which 
you've got multiple versions of the same character. The character is in fact the offspring of a male spoiler here of a male version of himself and a female version of himself uh, meeting. Yeah, well, Heinlein did that. Yeah, um, but but this is but this is the whole book taken to to the nth de- nth degree. The life story of somebody who gets a time travel belt on his on his uh, on his eighteenth birthday, I think it is, and then goes hog wild for the rest of his duration and meets. Mm. And meets himself. Now, that's hard enough to do with a single narrator. Can you imagine what it would be like doing it with a group? Well, it's also much easier to do when that you as the author have some control over the character. You can simply say, okay, he didn't think of that. Yeah. But players always think of that. Yep. And so of something else that you hadn't thought of in the first place. So the, the thing that struck me is, uh, about Continuum is, it, even with all the record keeping, it's awfully hard work for a GM, even a young energetic GM. Yeah. The... Uh, I, I have played it once. It was it was at a convention with uh, I think it was one of the one of the playtesters yeah. uh, was running it, and it worked. Um, but he clearly knew an awful lot more about it than we did, and we we had you know, four hours to get and get the setting. Yeah. So I I think you could manage it, something like a light continuum. I I found its its approach. Yeah, yeah. It was it was very account accountancy based. I have to do this. At some time in my future, the extreme example in the setting fiction is Joan of Arc, who is one of the high high end um, time time travellers, and says yes, she knows she has to go back there and die. She'll get around to it one mm. day, because effectively you're immortal at the higher stages. That's another spoiler, I suppose, but who wouldn't be? Hey, kind of predictable, really. Yeah. Um. So it, I don't know. There ought to be a limit to how much you can over overdraw at the time travel bank, I suppose. Well, that, that's what they're trying to do with with the Franklin. Yeah. Um, and I, I have to give them credit. It's the game that has gone most in the direction of of trying to make this a thing that is encouraged, yeah. rather than the the GM shrugging his shoulders and saying, "Okay, I've got this ten pages of notes on how how stuff can go wrong." I have. Uh, there is one other category of time travel story. Um, which I suppose comes in into the go there and do things, but is long term, which is the things like uh, 1632 and uh, Island in the mm. Sea of Time, but uh, uh, the first by uh, Flint et al., and the second by uh, S.M. Sterling. Basically, you, you yeah. catapult a community back into time and stick it there. You're not doing any jumping, but you are doing remaking the world with what yeah. you've brought with you. It it doesn't have a lot of the. Uh, one of to me, I think the key elements of time travel is that you are making a change, and you have some idea that that change has had a long term effect, because you can jump into yeah. the future and see it. Yeah, and in in the mission context, it's yeah, yeah, we're we're all still here because you know whoever it was didn't die on that battlefield. Um. It, it, it's tricky. It's trickier with with the whole community and no no forward jumping because they are, but well, they they can they can see what they've done in the immediate term, but they they don't have that privileged look into the future. That's true. The privileged look is also responsibility. Yeah. If you change, if you if you played a narcissist, and I, as I say, um, show me who I have to shoot. <laughs> then you would have the responsibility of coming back and discovering that. Uh, that shooting Hitler wasn't a good idea after all, um, and trying somehow, without 
erasing yourself from history or by erasing yourself from history maybe to go back to a slightly better version it's really an immense burden and i don't know that the players who, t who would take it seriously might not want to do it and the players who would want to do it might just be glad to screw up the cosmos i suspect the players with the right mindset to fix the problem hmm. would be the sort of players not to cause the problem in the first place yeah. yeah. They're aware that time travel is dangerous and they're not going to shoot Hitler anyway. But on the other hand... Yeah, no, no Hitler, on the other no, hand, no atomic bomb, no nuclear power, no time travel. On the other hand, well, that might be arguably a good set of things. <laughs> on the other hand, inaction is also uh, action and not doing something you're also responsible for. Well, this is a sort of vague moral uh, issue that I think role-playing games uh, are made to explore. Yeah, and I think for for the games I've looked at, and certainly get time travel, time master, time lords, all, all of them have the idea of uh, enemy time travellers in some sense. Yeah, it, it is an obvious thing, thing to thing to go for, and to you to give yourself the overreaching arc of uh, of finding them, making contact with them, uh, turning them back. They do tend to be a bit faceless. Yeah, um, certainly stop, stop watching Gertz Time Travel. They, they've got motivations, but they have an organisational motivation. You don't really meet them as individuals. Uh, time Lords did have a, a bunch of basically more experienced time travellers, some of whom are ridiculously powerful. Mm. Um, and one, one could use those as, as uh, NPC enemies who gradually became you know, significant characters. If you do something with uh, a really free form, thing are really you're willing to the, the the universe is plastic and you're willing to let it be folded spindled or mutilated how do you keep the party together how do you keep them on message because if one person on their own can change all of history why are they cooperating with the others I think I'd probably be look, looking at uh, practical reasons we, we, yeah, we have a bunch of people who've got together for a game so, yeah. we, so we have to do a game that's about everybody at least more or less in the same place yeah. and I, I could see um, you know, we have four of us, we're going off to four different things to try to sort things at the same time and everybody else can do, can do background NPCs for the, for the main player or something like that but, uh, yeah, uh, the, well, I don't know and some, Gep's Trans Travel is probably the one of these I know best and it's, it's not vastly into the future and it doesn't have amazing high tech things no. and the you know, you, you're trying to stop bad guys, but you have to find them and by essentially conventional detective work a lot of the time. Yeah, and speaking um, of which, I should mention that uh, Gumshoe has a uh, has a, an upcoming uh, right. time travel. I, mean, I, I backed I've backed the Kickstarter, but I, I haven't been able to read my way through the uh, playtest files. I'm afraid. Hey, well, I'm lazy. I, I apologise for that. But uh, no, that's good. There go. It looks very much in the jump on your time bike and head back and uh, stop the bad guys. Mm. Uh, school. Um, Titan Time Master also ha has. You, know, you, you have some reasonably nifty kits, you know, mm. safe stunners and things like that. Yeah. But the enemy is shape changers, and you can't, can't just go around stunning everybody. Yeah. Well, I don't know about that. Um, <laughs> it's it's an intriguing thing, but we've not done a lot of it. I yeah. I, as I've said, I've pl played a few of these once or twice. Um, it's never been a thing that seems to be to me a major hmm. genre of the, of the uh, hobby. 
it's clearly out there and people are still clearly doing it occasionally. Um, but there, ah, there was the... There was an Iron Crown supplement for Rollmaster, which was basically somebody's own personal campaign written up, but it was, it was quite interesting. Um, it's around here somewhere. Yeah. Well, the, 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 the premise there was, was a slightly variant one. Yeah. Time is completely fixed. Yeah. And if you, if you learn something, then that is a thing that is known, known to you and you can't do anything about it. Yeah. Uh, so so it, it's an even more extreme version of the continuum approach. Yeah. Uh, so so there are certain things you try quite hard not to learn. Mm. And again, it, it looked kind of weird to me, frankly. But um, it's based on this very long-running campaign. I think it's been going at least twenty years, real time. Yeah. So evidently, this works works for some people. Yeah. Uh, too much knowledge. If if I were doing it. I think I might make the the thing that binds the player characters together be that they are the first, possibly the only, time travellers. Mm. And their trip back in time at the hands of their genius professor gives them the ability to be fixed in time. The changes don't affect them. And they're the only ones like that. But yeah. then the professor goes off the rails and he's their enemy. Mm. Another thing you could do, possibly as a lead into that, is the early experiment. Okay, I'm, I'm going to send send us back three weeks or something. Mm. Has a side effect. Um, the, the the camera bounces off the head of somebody terribly important. Um, so you have that immediate. Okay, the timeline has now been messed up, and we need to fix it. Yeah. Because I, I feel myself fading away and or turning into a lizard. <laughs> You hit uh, Boris Johnson over the head with a camera and you find yourself turning into a lizard. That makes perfect sense. There are causes and there are effects. Yeah, all right, no, no, it's baseball. I'll tell you one other thing I, I, I think might make a time travel game, if not a campaign, is if you're on the receiving end. Mm -hmm. You are someone in history and you become aware that someone's screwing things about. Visitors from the far future are turning up and um, dropping you right in it. I think yeah. I, I think it's a common factor with a lot of these games that, that you don't have much in the way of amazing abilities beyond the time travel. Yeah. yeah e economy of miracles. Hmm. It, it, it ought to be enough. You, you, you've got the best kit that, that's available, but yeah. you know, you're, you're not bulletproof. Oh. Not even musketballproof. <laughs> there, there has to be a feeling of risk. Yeah, the death issue... If death is undoable, is a tricky thing. Um, the sense of vulnerability for the players is um, is a necessary part of the psychology of role playing games. But on the other hand, why death be the one undoable thing? Mm. It's, it is peculiar. And I, I can see, depending on the on the setup and how difficult it is to jump into a particular place, you know, sub substituting a a corpse just before that um, mm. particular corpse gets shot. Yeah. Or whatever. Or whatever. But I was going to say something. Oh, yeah. What strikes me here is, even more than most role-playing games, it's a battle between player agency, players wanting to have the power to do stuff, and GM control. And mm. that tends to be written into the um, into the structure. Yeah, I, I wouldn't want why to frame you can't... it as that sort of 
battle. That's the thing. I'm, well, I'm not I, interested in that sort of well, conflict. Well, no, well, yeah, but it's but it's what the structure of the game game says is going on. Um, I know a game isn't about that sort of battle. It shouldn't be, but the way the games have been written is to try and resolve the problems in those areas. You, you really want to give the players maximum agency, let them let them go hog wild. But but in this particular case, it makes things extremely difficult for the GM. Mm. The, the approach I saw from Time Lords was you, you start off with a random travel. This is, this is the later uh, 2003 or yeah. so edition. You start off with a random travel and, and you cause some trouble and you fix some of it. And yeah. then the Time Patrol finds you. Uh-huh. And then, then you get to work for the Time Patrol for a bit. Yeah, and then the then, mysterious then, elder. The, 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 well, no, but you can go on from there to okay. We know what we're doing a bit, and we can be a bit more careful. And now, now we can go off, go off independently and meet the big NPCs. Hmm. Maybe. Anyway, it's difficult. I think we're we're coming down to that conclusion. Yeah, and time, time travel. And uh, having thought about this a lot, I, I start to think. Well, well, maybe you should just do it in the style of visiting the era and having an adventure, because well, it gets really hard otherwise. Yeah. Quite, but look, you're in India sometime. No, 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 you're not. You're you're in, at Westward Ho, sometime in the nineteenth century, and a bullet goes wild and it strikes a schoolboy, and that's Rudyard Kipling gone. The whole, yeah, you're there, and the ta- and the continuum is delicate. I I like the idea of making it very delicate and. A, a lot of these games will, as as you said, say minor things get get pasted over. Yeah. Um, but the the idea that you you barely dare to step on something. Yeah. And you certainly yeah. don't want to go shooting people. And and butterfly catching is right up. Yeah. But uh, unfortunately, when we send the automated probes, they just come. They don't come back at all. Come back. Come back full of fuzz. So we need to send people to observe things. Hmm. I reminded, purely for eschatological reasons, of a Christian fundamentalist uh, propaganda movie in which the uh, hero, the 19th century liberal Christian professor is sent forward in history I've seen sh- that. and is shown the horrible things that his liberal Christianity causes mm. and at the end they try and send him further forward and he can't because the end of the world has happened. Yep. Any player character worth his salt will say what can we do about <laughs> and then the theologian will tell you, God did it. <laughs> Which is, as you said earlier, quite unsatisfactory. I think we move on. How simple can a game be and still be a game? a role-playing game. Yeah, there is a tension, it seems to me, um, in game design terms, um, partly due to historical reasons, between let's put more stuff in and give ourselves more support for the things we want to do in the game, which potentially in many games is everything, and let's reduce the burden on the GM and players of knowing all this stuff and make it simpler and more um, and more universal. One thing we only need one 
it's always goes the the, the same. It's always task uh, conflict resolution rather than task resolution. Let let's let's just have one way of doing things. I think it would be fair to say that overall game complexity was probably rising through the nineteen eighties, and that at some point it started heading down again. Yeah. Um, so certainly now, some something like GURPS is considered at the very complex end of games, whereas in the mid eighties it wasn't really. Well, it has to be said that GURPS has had a lot, a lot of stuff tacked onto it, a lot of yeah. subsystems and additional stuff, things like uh, things like systems for defining um, uh, groups that can be patrons in Boardroom and Curia, like defining cities with with stats, which I'm not, which gets a little waffling. I'm afraid, and things like the mass combat rules. Yeah, the the, the thing about those is, I I think that, well, a, a they're modular, but b that even if you're trying to use all the rules in the system, which would simply be mad, they don't come in and t unless that situation arises. Yeah, but yeah, it, it it's at the complex end of things. Fair enough. Um, so what what we thought is is the simplest sort of game. Well, the the simplest sort of game. The simplest sort of game tends to burst through in uh, down into um, the GM makes it all up as he goes along. There yeah, are the, actual the games which tell you this. The threshold is where is it still, in some meaningful sense, a game, rather than a collaborative storytelling exercise. Yeah, I think. I mean, if you, if you and I write a novel together, yeah, that is not a role playing game. No, it uh, it is, uh, especially. Uh, I, I tried this as an exercise. Got somewhere they were writing epistolatory novels um, in which you exchange um, exchange things from other people. It has uh, it has elements of a game in it, and uh, and, and is, is played that way. Yeah, but I I think they want probably use, using the authorial uh, mode rather than the in character yeah. mode because the, the the thing the things that are part of the game are putting in stuff that one can refer to later because and here is this neat bit of foreshadowing that you didn't notice and things like yeah. that. And here's something for you to resolve because I I don't know how it works in this universe. Yeah. Um, but but if if we go go towards slightly more complex, say look at something like Hero Quest. All right. Where Hero you, Quest, you basically yeah. got trays with numbers. Yeah, and um, everything is resolved on. I was going to say the same um, resolution system, except that there are two or three um, different levels of that resolution system. You're all a D. D twenty for each side of uh, a conflict in all cases, and there is a cross reference of, of the degree of success. Um, but that has different and more complicated effects in the different systems. There, there is the simple resolution system: either I succeed, or you succeed, or we we tie in effectually. Mm -hmm. um, and you can you can succeed or fail marginally substantially, or my god, I've just whacked his head off. Mm -hmm. um, success, though, that is death is one of the things here Quest is trying to discourage. I can't think why. Um, yeah, but, but a, a total success in, in a fight can be, okay, I had him at my mercy, and then I can decide that I'm going yeah. to let him. Let him move. Yeah, that can, that, that, is, that is part of the narrative that, uh, that, that that goes in. But then you add things like group contests, then on top of that, the extended contest. And Robin believes, I'm sorry, Robin Laws, God bless him, believes that the what is written in the extended system is more interesting 
than the simple system. And I'm coming around to the point of view that it isn't. I don't think I've ever played the extended system. Yeah, trust me, you're lucky. Um, it, in all its versions, the extended system breaks um, immersion, breaks concentration, makes things too complicated. And what are we doing now? And what's the actual situation? And what can I do next becomes a... But in the second edition Hero Quest, which is the current edition, he, he as much as says, sometimes just pretend to roll the dice. Make up what you want to do and pretend to roll the dice. Fake the contest. Tell them that they win. And that's the point at which it breaks through into... The point at which you allow GMing constraints to... The GM's storytelling constraints to overwhelm the random chance element at that point, mm. it stops being a game. I, I wonder whether one could mitigate that to some extent by having, having something like uh, Savage Worlds Benny's as used by the GM. So well, they you, are the... you already have the players spending hero points. Yeah. But some sort of ration of the GM where a few times a session he can say, OK, for plot reasons I want this guy to win, but I'm going to use yeah. one of my three tokens to do so. Well, actually, it would work if uh, there are other games which say, all right, I'm screwing you over here with here, have, the, have, have these bennies in exchange yep. for the fact that I'm, I'm openly and blatantly screwing you over. I think that makes sense. I think that makes more sense than just saying fake it. But Paranoia If you, if you completely everything. trust the GM to make everything up, you don't need a game at all. But this is true. Paranoia does this yep. as well. Paranoia basically collapses and gives you a great... Uh, the latest edition, I think, uh, Paranoia, gives you a great gallimuffry of, of things to put on the character sheets and things you can say to the player, but essentially says, fudge it. Mm. And that sort of makes it not a game. It makes it a collaborative con, con game. Mm. It's a collaborative... you, the, the player's job at this point is to be amusing. Yeah, always, always the player's job. I speak as a GM. No, I mean specifically to be to be amusing to the other players and to the gym, as opposed to yeah. playing his character. Yeah, it's to well. Is there uh, that that is the point I've identified as um, as being my break point? I can uh, conceive of a simpler system, which well, consider fate. Okay. Uh, and the the aspects that it has. Yeah. It, it has other things as well. But an aspect, as, as I understand it, is basically, again, a tray with a number, but it can be a fairly broad thing. Yeah. It can be, you know, hard-bitten space mercenary. Yeah. Which has a, has a bunch of things. I mean, everything that that implies is, is part of the aspect. So it, it implies that you're, you're good with weapons. Uh, it implies that you, you can take a bullet and not wince too badly. It, but it probably also implies that, that you have people who are after you for, for your gambling debts or yeah. whatever. Well, I think in uh, Hero Quest, it's much, it's much the same thing, though, though, though you are warned against allowing players overly broad um, abilities. Yeah, the, the scope of those is the thing that I've always, I've always founded on when I've looked at Fate. Yeah, I, I for some reason, the Fate does not. Not, does not fit into my head. The the simplest uh, system that I use, I, I I am thinking again about using HeroQuest, and I am thinking that I'm only ever going to use the simple resolution system for everything, mm. because the others just don't don't work for me. 
But the simplest system I, I've actually used and actually enjoyed using is the warp system out of a, Over the Edge, mm. where you have three fairly broad traits, but each of them has, um, has some dice, and you roll some dice against a task. Yeah, I've, Difficulty I've, I've, set by the, by the GM. I have actually had an adventure published for that. Um, oh. It was interesting trying to work into that system because I, I tend to go for things that are a lot more fine-grained and say, yeah, you're good at this but not at that related thing. Yeah, the, but I, th- I think it works in the end. If you've, if you've played uh, that, that uh, adventure, Infection, I believe, was the, was the title we ended up with, um, uh-huh. let, me, let me know. I'm curious. <laughs> it, uh, the, the other thing I've seen with HeroQuest is um, arguments, again, about scope. Uh, your example of the Grand Master of Flower Arranging. Yeah. Well, the, 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 you can apply anything in any situation is fair, is fair enough, except that the GM must, really must, modify the chances of something working. You, if you are a priestess of the Goddess of Flowers, and you hand it to the rampaging troll who is trying to and a bunch of the most beautiful flowers in the world to the rampaging troll who is trying to eat you. It's conceivable that the sheer aesthetic beauty will overwhelm his dark rage, but it's not very likely. Yeah, I can see this turning into um, hyper-specialised characters. Uh, Everybody Mm. gets all all their points into one tray that they can use to justify anything. Well, the... What I found when I ran a, a Glaranthan campaign was that people tended to specialise in their central trait. The Humacti specialised in being a swordsman. It was what he was good at. It was what supported all his magic. It was his essential role, and he boosted it up to extremely high levels. And likewise the healer, and likewise the sage. But that may be a feature rather than a bug. I'm not sure. It seems to me that the, the next stage of simplicity is, is to remove the numbers. And then, then you have oh. a set of binary traits. You so, are or you aren't. Yeah, I'm a pilot. I don't have a number for being a pilot. Just, I can do the sort of things a pilot could do. Now, I've got a feeling there are game systems that all that do that, but I can't bring any to mind at this moment. Well, I, I'm starting to see this verging into board game territory. And so, something like Arkham Horror or Firefly. Yeah. You, you've got some skills with numbers, you've got some... Um, binary abilities, so you have it or you don't. But on the other hand, there you have a very limited set of things you can do. Yeah. Uh, so it, it's it's not as constrained as it might be because the entire universe is constrained. Yeah, I, 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 I cannot help feeling that this could uh, reward players who are better at arguing that one of their trays applies. <laughs> yeah, well, glibness is, 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 a, is a frequently rewarded... Um, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm very bad at it, so... Well... And some, and some people are shy about it. Do not be shy. Bullshit with the best of us, I say to, say to my players. Yeah. Um, but what are the virtues of complexity? Turning the, co- the, the question on its head. The thing that I often say, as, as a reason for why I like running GURPS, yeah. uh, is that when something comes up that I haven't thought of, mm. a player says, OK, I want to climb this sheer wall. I have some sort of mechanism for saying, OK, the... This is a plausible thing for you to try to do. That is not a plausible thing for you to try to do. If you do this, okay, you can have a go at it. You have this sort of chance of success. And I, I didn't need to decide in advance, or or even at the spot. Hmm. All I need to do is say, okay, that that's a sheer concrete wall. Um, 
and you're an expert climber. Okay, you, you can do these things. And I've used it in more esoteric um, applications. Um, you don't have any uh, have any ability in, um, oh, let's just say occultism. Well, there, there's a default role. You're a genuinely well-educated person. Roll uh, uh, your IQ minus five. A critical, yes. Yes, that is a genuine key of Solomon. Was that a critical success or a critical failure? I'll roll for that. <laughs> <laughs> the... um, but yeah, it, it's it's that that sort of support. It, it's not a system that gets in the way because if if you're happy to say this happens, you can yeah. just say this happens. Um, I at least don't have argumentative players, so so that's you not. You don't? Where well, yeah. the hell did you find them? <laughs> Cambridge. Um, oh, how reasonable of them! But it. A player may well say, I, I want to use this ability to do that, and that's fair enough, but the system doesn't feel as if it's weighing me down. I, 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 I'm not finding myself thinking, oh, no, I need to look up this and this and that. Yeah, there is always... The, 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 the epitome of a good system is there is... Even if there is um, a system for doing things and you've forgotten it, you feel as if you can improvise a reasonable way of doing it, even if you're even if you're panicking. Yeah, and it, pretty much everything's built around the same core mechanic. Yeah. You know, roll 3d6 less than or equal to your effective skill value. Mm. There are exceptions, but that, that most things come down to being that. All right. Given that we have established a lower end of um, of what is it, uh, what is a game, what is the higher end of complexity that makes us give up? I'm not sure how I can define it. I know it when I see it, like pornography. And I don't like it as much as I like pornography. But the there are game there are games where I say, You what? You what Burning Wheel was one for me. I looked at the three different kinds of experience point and I said, You what? Hmm. I'm pretty sure I have a higher threshold than you. I mean no, I've run Rollmaster. That's true. That, I've that, run Phoenix Command. Yeah, all right. I never saw the point of Phoenix Command, so I never it, even tried. If you if you want an awesomely detailed small arms combat system, it's there. Thank you. No, no, that's not on my shopping list. <laughs> it doesn't claim to be anything else, which is something. I will admit that I looked at the ma the magic system in in uh, Dangerous Dimensions slash Journeys. Yeah, and thought. No, this there is clearly a lot of complexity here, and and you you are going to reward a player who learns it. But where is the reward for a GM who learns it to keep track of what the players are up to? Yeah, I boggled myself at the at the the foo powers in Feng Shui. Feng 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 Shui. However, I, I I know one experienced GM who who refers to the the um, geomancy side of things as Feng Shui, and the game as Feng Shui because you know it, it's a game about. Not being authentic. So. <laughs> no, but no, but I, I, it, I, in a game which went out of its way to simplify a lot of complicated stuff, like the, like the, the magic system is, I think five abilities of broad applica application. The the names on the powers threw me a bit because you know, Carnival of Carnage sounds great, but it doesn't do what it sounds as if it ought to do. Yeah, that's the gun 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 sticks. They 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 are a yeah. second level of. They are, they are more complicated than they actually need to be, but they are at least in, in first edition. But they are a whole level less complicated than uh, than the, the food powers. I'm actually looking forward to reading the second edition 
I've got the I've got the PDF, though not the book yet, and uh, and seeing what uh, what he's done to uh, uh, to to change it. I I fear he will have have oversimplified in the, to a degree that I I don't want. But uh, oh hey, I, I think mm, this this is completely off topic. I think there is a role for a primarily social conflict resolving game. I'm just not sure that the Hillfolk engine is it. Hmm. But anyway. Okay. Well, what, what else? What else has been over complex? Uh, right, I'm looking at the Rollmaster. I, I I did run Rollmaster with a, like like GURPS. You can't. It's not a thing you can run with all the rules because yeah. some of some of them are different ways of doing the same thing. But I, I ran Rollmaster with an awful lot of optional rules as my preferred system for some years, and that worked. Yeah. Uh, I I found bugs in the Traveller New Era vehicle design system. Uh, but you actually looked at the vehicle design system. You I like vehicle design systems. You liked GURPS 3rd edition vehicles, didn't you, Roger? Confess it yeah, in front yeah. of the... I, I, I used it extensively. It's not it's not a book to bring to the table and use. Well, no, that's uh, true. Um, okay, yeah, Battle of the 23rd Century is, is a gonzo game with everything thrown in, but everything uses a slightly different mechanism, and it is, there is just too much stuff to keep track of, because... Everything has its own special rule, and some of them yeah. are compatible with each other. Yeah, and there, there are why people keep doing this. I don't know. It's getting to be less and less a, a trend. I mean, the, the the high point was sometime in the eighties, mm. but um, but people do keep doing this, and in fan published stuff, there's always somebody who's convinced he's got the great new system. I'm not sure what would have been the first RPG which said, "Here is the single universal mechanic for resolving everything," but. Yeah, maybe I, maybe heroes early champions something like that. I think it may have been Marvel, the first Marvel superhero game, which I mm-hmm. seem, seem to recall had a had a, a, a slightly peculiar but uh, but uh, universally applicable mechanic. Do not attempt to use this table if you're colour blind. Yeah, <laughs> people don't think about that, especially design artists. But it, it it was leapt on with with great glee as soon as it became apparent that yes you could do this. I, I I think there may have been a feeling before that that if you had just one rule for everything you would lose flavour and that that is a risk. I've um, always felt you you, you, you played uh, champions. I once or twice. So I didn't have a great time. Um, you 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 do tend to see the thing there where somebody says okay I'm I'm buying a whatever however many dice energy blast hmm. and then forgets to fill in the details because one energy blast is much like another energy blast. Yeah. Um, it. it the, the, when you say everything is the same underneath the chrome, you do tend to devalue detail and and imagining the world and making making it real for the players, and and you have to have uh, you have to have uh, uh, detail and crunch. I've always felt that the, the fantasy that, shopping aspect is yeah. is not worth discounting. I, I, so I, I have players that make me dread shopping scenes. <laughs> I, I was going to say. I, I don't just mean buying stuff. I mean picking your powers. Yeah, I, I want, I want, I, I want to be able to do this specific uh, super ability. How can I do it? Mm. And sometimes I say yes, and sometimes I say no. And when I say no, somebody, uh, one of my players is bound to come back back to me later on and said yes. But look, you let him have this, and that's exactly the same. But I think it mm. only is inside his own head. Yeah. I was going to say, one example of of simplicity making lack of flavour has always been for me the RuneQuest Spirit Magic system, which doesn't feel like shame, shamelessism at all. I throw my soul against your soul and we see which one breaks first. Yeah. 
you should be out there trying to con the spirits into 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 working for you rather than mm. coercing or bribe or whatever. Yeah. yeah. However, that's a topic for another day. This has been very high and exalted, high theoretical stuff, um, filled in with bitching details about our favourite games. Is there anything more to be said? I don't think there's much room for for games to get significantly simpler without becoming not games. Yeah. I, I think the limits probably have been explored. There is certainly the possibility of games that get that can get more complicated, but I'm not convinced anybody's going to play them. Well, I think I what is it what is the element that is the game and why is it valuable in role playing game? Well, I would also almost sort of say randomness, except that there have been RPGs without randomness. So yeah. uh, not mer- not many, but okay. There's Amber, but yeah. it's been done. It, it's been successful. Um, I I do like that element of luck, um, but I think what I'm really after is some sort of mechanical framework to resolve conflicts. Mm. Um, yeah, you know, a, a fires a gun at B. Does B fall down or not? Yeah. Um, which and you can he... do with GM Fiat, or you can do. It's nice to be able to say consistent, and this applies to writing of conventional fiction as well. It's nice if you if you can define A is a good pistol shot, say, uh-huh. and say okay, so when they're doing this, they're going to miss about this much. When they're going to, doing that other thing, they're going to miss about that much, and and be consistent about it. Maybe I overvalue consistency, but I, I like to be able to do that sort of thing. Yeah, I, well, consistency and surprise, I think, is what I, I want to be. I want stuff to happen at the table. That I didn't plan for. I want in a right when you're writing, the most enjoyable thing that can happen, one of the most enjoyable things that can happen, is that the writing takes off and starts doing things that you hadn't planned in advance. Mm. And you and you, you feel the characters talking to you and being in you and with you and and it, it flies. And to help stimulate that and to help realise that, that's why you want the element of being surprised at the table. And you're going to be surprised by what your players do. That's all to the good. But you also want to be surprised about how things turn out. And mm. Sometimes your NPCs should be surprised. Almost always. <laughs> but, Even yeah, by what they yeah, yeah, I, they 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 should they should suddenly be stumped by the by the things. Yeah, surprise and creativity. It 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 helps. That has been improvised radio theatre with dice with me, Michael Kuehl. And me, Roger Bell West. Surprise us with your creative comments uh, by posting at the website or by sending something to podcast at tekeli.ly. And we hope to see you again, all the thousands of you out there, in a month's time.